Hi, this is Dan Sullivan. I'd like to welcome you to the Multiplier Mindset Podcast. So Jill has a company called Traction First, and it's in Keller, Texas. And it's a business consulting, so she actually works with business owners, business executives. And she always had the feeling that she had to be a particular way. And I think when she started looking more deeply at how she was presenting herself, she wasn't presenting herself on the basis of who she actually was, but she was presenting herself on the basis of who other people, if you were in this position, this is what you have to look like, sort of almost like a stereotype. So the one thing that she got rid of was the showing up in formal suits and instead showed up in very, very relaxed, very comfortable clothing for her. So she looked at, well, what's going to make me comfortable when I'm there? And the second thing is, then if I can look like I want to be true to myself, then I can actually be true to myself. And she said that every time that she made this switch from a stereotype way of presenting herself to actually just showing up on who she actually was, it actually, I think, from a standpoint, first of all, I know Jill because she's in the 10 times program, but I also know that anything that you put between yourself and the most direct, most authentic communication with your clients actually prevents you from being successful. I'll tell a story about that. I knew one of the top men's clothiers in the world here in Toronto, a very famous man by the name of Harry Rosen. I caught Harry right near the end of his career, which was about a 50-year career. And he's world famous. I mean, people will fly from all over the world to Toronto to actually go to Harry Rosen's and to especially get bespoke suits. So I went through a 10-year period where I just totally upgraded my entire wardrobe. And it's dozens of jackets, dozens of suits. But at the end of this 10-year period, I began to realize that that's not really how I wanted to operate. And how I operate now from a presentation standpoint is that I just wear sweaters, I wear slacks, I wear sneakers, I wear very comfortable shoes. And the whole thing is, it isn't about me anyway, it's actually about my clients. So I put all the emphasis on asking them questions that allows them to explore who they want to be. And I just put all my skill improvement, if I'm going to improve, and asking really great questions of being able to listen really, really great to ask further questions that allow them to make bigger and better plans for their future and then identify the steps that they need to take in a short period of time, strategic coach workshop stuff. And ever since I've made this switch, I admire my closet where I have all these jackets and suits, but I don't wear them. And last year, except for one speech, I got through the entire 365 days without wearing a suit and I managed not to wear a tie with it. And in the world that I live, clothing doesn't really matter. I mean, you can't be a slob. But, you know, if you feel very comfortable and you don't have to think about how you look, then you can put all of your emphasis, as Jill is now doing, on what's going on in the client's world. So just check this out for yourself. Are you trying to 
imitate how you think other people present themselves? Or are you actually just identifying your comfort level where all of your attention cannot be on yourself? You don't have to think about yourself at all. You just put all of your attention on who it is that you're really being a hero to in terms of your clients. So I'm Jill Young, and what I do for a living and for fun, by the way, is I'm an EOS implementer. That stands for the Entrepreneurial Operating System. So I'm a business coach. I help business owners really get everything that they want out of their business. And also it helps me fulfill my purpose also. So I think I've always been an entrepreneur from the earliest times, creating businesses. You know, when I was five years old, I would make my family buy things from me. I was very persuasive. (laughs) I remember my very first venture was I was four years old and I would stand on the fireplace and sing and I would go around the neighborhood and sell tickets to have everybody come hear me sing. And of course, they were really great neighbors, so they would buy a ticket, right? Who doesn't buy a ticket from a four-year-old. I also created a newspaper when I was in sixth grade. It was the sixth grade girls newsletter or something like this, but I find it every once in a while in my little box of treasures and read it and laugh. But you know, I charged people for it and put together all of the content and I would assign news stories out to people around all of the great gossip. But um, other than that, I also grew up in an entrepreneurial family. So sometimes I just say I was raised by the wolves, the small business wolves. And I loved that. And my parents were so free with me. When I was 14 years old, within the family business, I proposed a new way of pricing our services. And my dad looked at me and said that would never work. And I just kind of kept on him and kept on him until finally he said yes. And we did it and it worked. I also remember dad taking me with him to the attorney and to the CPA and I would sit next to him and I just have this vision when I'm, you know, of course I'm this tiny little girl. So I'm looking up at these, you know, big, strong, powerful men and remember just piping up and asking them a question and they'd look at me like, is she supposed to be talking right now? And my dad would just say, well, yeah, that would be great if you'd answer her question. So dad was very supportive and inviting of curiosity and trying new things. And then, you know, I look back at the entrepreneurial roots and I see all of these wonderful tools at Strategic Coach and sometimes get a little bit in that gap and go, oh, if we would have just had these tools, you know, growing up in this entrepreneurial business, you know, how much farther could have we gone? So a big obstacle that I had early on in the business that I have right now is I really felt like the world needed me to adapt to them. So what I was trying to do is to be something that I was not. I tried to look at other successful people and say, oh, that's what they do to be successful. Let me emulate that. And that's what they do to be successful. Let me emulate that. And so the way that showed up for me, which is a really kind of silly example, but the way that showed up for me was how I showed up physically. I had never coached a $40 million company, but I had this opportunity to coach a $40 million company and self-doubt comes in like, what do I know about that? All I know is these smaller companies. So it would show up physically and for me how I dressed. And so I had to have the best hair and the best makeup and the best suit that had to match the best shoes. And if I showed up like that, 
they would think I was powerful and confident enough to coach them. It has been so freeing over the last three years, I would say three or four years, where when I found that when I showed up in my true unique ability, and my unique ability statement says something about, I'm unique in my curiosity, I'm just super curious, I'm very optimistic, I will always be optimistic, and I just have this energy about me. And so just acknowledge that. And those three things had nothing to do with how I was showing up in this stuffy suit with heels. And so as I ventured into being the authentic me, my business grew. My business grew and it was almost effortless where I would just say to the people that I was coaching what needed to be said in a very optimistic, energetic, curious way instead of what I thought they wanted to hear or the words I should use in some certain script. Mm -hmm. So as I did that, what I found is that my wardrobe changed as well. Now, the only way I coach is in Chuck Taylor's. I have 10 different pairs. My clients love them. People who are considering using me as their coach, they come into the room and they're like, okay, she's like in Chuck Taylor's and not high heels. And how does that, you know, shuffle out? But immediately they get to know who I am. I'm a fun person. So that was really an obstacle that I had to overcome. It's just taking what I thought the world's expectations were of me, shedding that mask you know, that we all have, it just kind of builds up over life, shedding that mask, becoming the true me, knowing my unique ability, and then serving people in that way has just been both beneficial for my business when I did that, but it was a kind of line by line transformation. Whatever piece of you that is authentic, that you're not bringing to work, that you're not bringing to your entrepreneurial organization, bring it. Like gone are the days of I'm this at home in my personal life and I'm this in my work life, in my, I like to call it how I serve the world life. It's gone. So maybe bring a piece of your authenticity into your work life and see how that changes how you show up for your clients and customers. So it took a lot of courage for me to join Strategic Coach. It took emotional courage And it took financial courage because you're putting a lot of money out there. Now, I joined the 10X program. I definitely had the chance or choice to join the signature program. And I felt like if I joined the 10X program, it would increase my commitment both emotionally and financially. So when I joined, um, I had some emotional back and forth. And Reggie, who was my consultant, I kind of call him my advisor, I had some really good conversations with him and I told him, I said, thank you, Reggie, but it's not time for me to join Strategic Coach because I haven't decided what I want to do with this. I feel like I need to come into coach knowing exactly what I want and exactly how I'm going to get there. And so I'm not doing it. And he said, well, there might be another way to think about this. What if you come to coach ready to look for those possibilities. And so that one sentence really changed my mind frame like, hey, I can either find my path, my entrepreneurial path without strategic coach and see if I can find it on my own, let it fall in my lap, or I can make that commitment, really jump in, do the work, and I'm gonna find these adjacent possibilities, these next opportunities. So. I love to highlight, especially to people thinking about coach, 
what happened for me in the very first quarter. And this might be an anomaly. I don't think it's an anomaly. So I made the investment, it's $25,000 for me to invest. And in the first quarter, Christy, my coach, about two weeks before I come back, she sent me this cool email that said, hey, what kind of progress have you made? And my mind just went to, oh, I just haven't made very much progress. And she really encouraged me to think about it. So when I put it down on paper and spent a beautiful hour just thinking about what I had made progress on, it was unbelievable just to stop and think about it. I had made back my $25,000 in new programs that I offered. Strategic Coach encouraged me to raise my price to the level that scared me. I did it. My clients didn't bat an eye. Brought on three new fabulous clients. And so when I calculate that out, I made my money back in the very first quarter. And it's not all about money clearly not all about money. In the first year, if we're looking at the first year, what it has done is it's changed my courage where we just have a little bit of fear into confidence. And I'm making big decisions now, whereas before I would have second guessed myself, whereas before I would have said, well, what's good for you and what's good for you and what's good for you and how can my decisions make sure that you, everybody else in my life gets everything that they want and then I kind of take the lowest common denominator and I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm totally confident in making big decisions that serve me. And then this beautiful thing is once I get so confident in making those big decisions, I'm able to serve my clients with that confidence as well and they're having confidence in making big decisions. One thing I really love about Jill's commentary on how she's made such a big jump is that it took a big risk on her part, courage, to actually join the 10 times program. It's 25,000. And she felt that emotionally and financially, she wasn't ready to make that jump and overcame that fear. And my sense is that Every entrepreneur, when they look backwards at their entrepreneurial life, right back to the beginning, including becoming an entrepreneur in the first place, all the things that they're proudest of is where there was a risk that they had to take, which required them to jump to a whole new level in how they were performing. And the moment that they actually commit themselves to doing this, so it's the four C's we have a formula called the four C's, everybody wants to be sure they have the capability and confidence before they actually start something. But their history tells them that the best things that they ever started is where they didn't have the capability and they didn't have the confidence. They actually had to commit and then for a period of time, they had to be courageous. And it was actually the energy generated by their commitment and by being willing to be courageous for a while, which actually created their new capabilities, and they got increased confidence as their reward. So it works just backwards from the way that most people think that progress makes in the world, where I got to study, I've got to get credentials, I've, you know, I've got to have all the knowledge, I have to have all the skills before I actually go into action. And it never happens. There are people who just spend their whole life getting ready to get ready, to get ready, to get ready, and then it's retirement time. So 
I always find myself that the most important thing that I have to do within the next 90 days is the thing that I'm scared of most. I just don't feel prepared for, but I will commit myself within the next 90 days of reaching this level of performance and the commitment and the courage will actually get me there. Just incredibly powerful lessons from Jill's telling, you know, how she's made huge progress just by making the commitment to the 10 times program and then being in a room where everybody else has made a similar commitment and she wouldn't have had that available to her if she had tried to get ready and be absolutely capable and confident before she ever came. To find show notes and a link to learn all about the 4Cs formula, visit strategicpodcasts.com and click this episode of Multiplier Mindset with Jill Young.